Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the End Zone Podcast. This is WTOC Sports Director Jake Wallace alongside with you on this all-college football edition of the show. Of course, we've had a couple of really big stories um, really all season long that kind of culminated on Saturday and that for in, in terms of biggest stories around here lately, that would be the Savannah State Tigers. After years and years of at best average football, the Tigers in their first year in the SIEC win the East Division Championship after being picked to finish dead last. They did it with a blowout win over Fort Valley State Saturday at home in the final home regular season game of the year. They'll close out the season against Edward Waters uh, Saturday in Jacksonville. The Tigers of, of Edward Waters only one win on the year. And Savannah State hoping they're not done. They're holding out hope that maybe the SIAC reconsiders and allows them to play for the conference title game that would have or play for the conference title that would happen in a game on November 16th that if Savannah State's allowed to play in it they'll host and you can only imagine what the scene will be like out at TA Wright Stadium if the Tigers are able to play for a conference championship spoke with Sean Quinn about that yesterday he said yeah we're we're, we're hoping for the best we're not going to hold our breath on it though and then noticed he tweeted today that everyone's talking about the what-ifs of the the rest of the season for the Tigers. Their only focus can be on winning against Edward Waters on Saturday. So Savannah State keeping their focus on, on closing out the season, looking for their first seven-win campaign since 1998. Um Obviously, what a story this has been for uh, the Tigers dropping down to Division Two, going into the SIAC, uh, in, in their eyes being completely disrespected by the rest of the conference and then uh, taking it to the rest of the conference this season, 5-0 and in SIAC play and East Division champs. And maybe, just maybe, a chance to host and win a conference title game uh, should some things fall their way from the uh, – the conference office gonna we've talked about this locally i wanted to see kind of what the national perspective is on this story and for that went to hbcu game day um hbc hbcu game day's stephen gaither who joined for a lengthy conversation on on savannah state and what this turnaround means this year and what it could mean for the Tigers moving forward as well as the SIEC. Pretty interesting stuff. Take a listen to uh, Stephen and Mike's conversation right now. All right, joined now by Stephen Gaither of HBCU Game Day. You can find his work at hbcugameday.com and on all the social media platforms. Does a great job covering HBCU football, and that's what we want to talk about today. One of the better stories in the HBCU realm is savannah state dropping from division one to division two and now siac east champs and steven just want to get your take on what's been happening over on the marsh this year yeah um i think uh it's it's definitely um this was the best case scenario for them to come in uh to come in uh you know they uh have been in the division one double a fcs ranks since 2000 uh, when they when they started on this odyssey and you know 
their highs, their, their lows have been well documented, um, you know, from the beginning of, of, of game day as 2012, and I think that's the year they played Florida State, and they were just getting pounded by them, um, and their struggles and attempts to, to, to really do this at the Division One level of football, because they had actually been competitive in everything else other mm-hmm. than football, um, was re- well documented, and so, uh, you know, coming in, uh, you know, they made the announcement, I think, uh, at the beginning of 2018, maybe the end of 2017, so, you know, they we knew this was coming uh, and coming into the season you know I, I was down at the SIC media day and they were picked to finish last which I thought was really odd um, you know uh, just knowing that you know even with the deflections and um, you know uh, they are the second team to go uh, to go back to Division 2 after making or attempting to make the Division 1 transfer and uh, the other school oddly enough is my alma mater Winston-Salem State University Things went well for them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, things went really well for WSSU. Um, you know, they were in the CIAA for a long time, Division Two, the other uh, Division Two HBCU conference, uh, and they decided to make the move up in two thousand, uh, starting two thousand six. And you know, they had some success. You know, they 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 were competitive uh, right out of the gate. You know, you know, not quite five hundred, but a competitive team there. But uh, the last year. Uh, things kind of fell apart. You know, there were some changes in leadership, and uh, they ended up uh, coming back to Division Two. Now, their first season, they were 8-2. and two. They actually didn't win the CIAA championship, but they had uh, a solid talent and, and a good coach. Now, the second year was when they took a big leap forward. They won 13 games, which was the uh, record for HBCUs, until they broke it a year later when they won 14 games. So they had back-to-back unbeaten regular seasons um, and really just turned into a powerhouse, and, and they made it all the way uh, to the national championship game in 2012 where they faced off against a team from your state, Valdosta State, um, who, you know, uh, the best teams in Division Two are really teams that could be competitive in FCS football. And I think you saw Savannah State last year even, uh, they made some strides uh, under Coach Rayburn, who's no longer there. They made some strides with him. And, uh, you know, they beat Charleston Southern. They, they beat won some games in the MEAC. And uh, really, we're starting to, you know, kind of find their groove a little bit. So they, they come down to the SIAC. And the SIAC is a great historic league. You know, the, the great teams from FAMU back before they made the transition to Division One, and, you know, Kentucky and things like that. Um, you know, they are... Um, they're a great football league historically, but, uh, you know, Savannah State, credit to uh, Coach Quinn and, and his staff, man, they've come in uh, and instilled that winning attitude. And, and, you know, it doesn't take long for that uh, culture to, to change once you start getting those wins and folks start believing it. So it's been really amazing for us to watch uh, on the back uh, on the back end of it, for sure. For, for all those years that Savannah State was in the SIAC, and I kind of watched it from afar and then have been here the last few years and seen it, it, it really was a struggle. They were struggling not only on the field, but in terms of attendance, in terms of just morale around the football team. You saw it with, with Winston-Salem State when, those, when the team gets competitive and those wins start coming just it it happens quickly it's almost like a tidal wave and just the support comes back how important can that be for this savannah state team moving forward to make this not just a one-year blip on the radar Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, in Winston, in Winston Salem's case, you know, uh, had a proud history. You know, produced a lot of NFL players, you know, even at the Division Two level. Um, and you know, but it was, you know, the the losing does take a toll on you. You know what I mean? You know, and at this level, when you're not, let's face it, when you're not FBS, a lot of times. 
Um, you know, even at the FCS level, there's a, a way to disconnect. Um, and, and there's and and a lot of times, most fans, unless they're diehard college football fans, they don't look at it as as okay. We've moved down from Division One. We should be in Division One. They they just know that they want to see their. Everybody loves to see their school and their colors in the winning column. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a uh, we have a weekly television show on Aspire. It's called uh, No Huddle, and uh, and my partner Tyler Carr interviewed a lady at uh, one of the games. I think it was the Morehouse game, and he asked her. And he said, "Well, you know, are you sad that the school's not Division One anymore?" She was like, "Nope." I'll take these wins as long as we get them W's and I think that is I think that is a feeling that I know that happened at WSSU and I can see that same thing happen as happening at Savannah State and it's it's where you know talented players want to play with other talented players and they want a chance to win uh, guys want a chance to win obviously everybody wants to play at that FBS power five level um, and you know but there are some guys who, who, who have maybe played there and didn't get a lot of playing time or guys who um, feel like they are at that level but you know they, they, they want to win they want to be part of winning so um, you know WSSU was able to go uh, you know 13 and 14 wins back to back they made the they won uh playoff games three years in a row multiple playoff games two years in a row something that hasn't really happened a lot in hbcu football even at the division two level um and so um and they and and what happened is they actually if you look at history now it's that they actually raised the that they actually raised the football profile of the ciaa because now since then you've had a you got a Bowie state team here uh in maryland who um is is now now nine and zero, and they've been you know nine and one, and they've made multiple playoff appearances, and they and they've and they've uh, set the bar high to where it used to be you know a CIAA team would winning a, winning the CIAA championship was the pinnacle, mm-hmm. and then if they went to the playoffs because you know they had the Pioneer Bowl against the SIC yep. for a long time, if they went there you know they it was a quick first round exit, but um, I think you know so I think that for Savannah State you know they can say hey you know. We're division two. We're in division two, yes, but we still have division one level talent. Um, we're still a division. You know, we still got um, those amenities that are better than some division one schools still. Um, and uh, and then also, I think for the fans, it's just great. It's great because you know the thing about the MEAC is that it's so it's stretched out so far. Yep. Um, you don't have a lot of those local connections that you do when you're playing a, a Albany State or Fort Valley State. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many people from Savannah State know someone from Delaware State or know a lot of people from Morgan State University in Baltimore. It's just a, it's just the difference and it's more of a, it's more of a community event and I think at its best um, when HBCU football is really doing well, it's 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 about the it's about the event and gathering of people and having a good time and cheering your team on. And when they're winning, it's icing on the cake and everybody loves it and that gets the donations coming in. So um, big kudos. Uh, you know we've definitely been watching what uh, Coach Quinn and the guys have been doing, um, and they they're going to be a factor in the SIC uh, for years to come. It, it looks like, and uh, it's exciting to have them. It's exciting to have them be competitive. Um, you know, it's just basically. That was my next question, Stephen Gaither, HBCU Game Day, with us on the End Zone Podcast. Is what what does a successful Savannah State team mean for the SIC moving forward? You mentioned, 
you know, how Winston-Salem is able to kind of raise the profile of the CIAA. In the SIAC, when you have the Tuskegee's who've had great national success lately, another team like Savannah State coming in, having the potential to reach playoffs in, in future years after this one, can only be good things for the, for the SIAC. Yeah, I think, you know, I think in every conference you have teams that if they are strong, the conference does better, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In, uh, you know, in the SWAC, you know, when Grambling and Southern are playing really well, um, that Bayou Classic just gets even bigger. Uh, In in the MEAC, you know, North Carolina A&T is doing really well right now. Florida A&M is doing really well, and that raises the profile there. I think you have a similar situation in the SIC where uh, you have a uh, Tuskegee who's been consistent now they've actually taken a step back in the recent years but they still have that name recognition mm-hmm. uh and you know you don't expect them to stay long down long with coach willie slater mm-hmm. excuse me but um i think you know so it definitely opens up that to being a bigger game maybe uh having some type of a, a classic in atlanta and or maybe you know even bigger than that maybe even there's been talks you know i mentioned the pioneer bowl there's been talk of maybe revising that um, you know, reviving that, you know, as we've seen in the in the FCS ranks, you know, the MEAC and the SWAC have the Celebration Bowl, which mm-hmm. is, you know, ESPN, uh, ESPN uh, having their, putting their stuff behind it and trying to push that as a national championship game, even though I, I've said on our site plenty of times, I don't really recognize that as a national championship game. But that type of game uh, could be created. You could have a rivalry, you know, where uh, Winston-Salem State or Virginia State or some of the, the bigger teams from the CIAA will meet up against Savannah State maybe in Atlanta or maybe somewhere uh, else and, and, and bring a game that can bring in some revenue for both teams in a classic game situation so um, I think it's I think it's a, a, a been a big move I think it's been the right move and uh, you know and, and this is of course this is just football season so basketball season is going to be right around the corner it's right around the corner it's actually starting now so we'll see what they got there um, but I think uh, Savannah State in the SIC is it's great for the SIC, um, and I think it's uh, you know it's, it's it's good to have another state school, state strong school that that could consistently do well uh, in HBCU sports. Stephen Gaither, HBCU Game Day, joining us on the podcast. Thanks for the time, Stephen. Always look forward to the work you guys do. You do tremendous. If you haven't seen any of Stephen's work on HBCUGameDay.com, go check it out. They do a tremendous job. Stephen, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the football season and the basketball season coming up. Yes, sir, I can't can't, uh, stress it enough. We really appreciate you guys for thinking of us and have us back anytime. Thanks, Steven. So the Tigers will close out the season uh, Saturday at 3 o'clock at Edward Waters. They're sending a shuttle of fans down to Jacksonville, just a two-hour drive from Savannah, hoping for a big crowd. We'll be there as well, bringing you all the highlights and uh, post-game reaction, possibly even the last post-game reaction of the season as the Tigers look to close it out with another victory. Another team looking for a big win on Saturday with the Georgia Southern Eagles. They're at Troy and nine days removed from winning at number 20 Appalachian State last Thursday, a monumental upset for the Eagles and really jump-started their, I guess you could say, a, a reignition into the Sun Belt title race. Southern tied with with Georgia State and Appalachian State in the Eastern Division race, all with one loss. Southern undefeated in East Division play. 
But they need to handle their business Saturday against Troy, a team that, as Chad Lunsford said, is 3-5 and five, but a really good football team. And this Troy team put it on Southern last year in Statesboro, if you remember. Uh, the Eagles led that game 14-3 after the first quarter, only to see Troy score 32 unanswered points in a 35-21 win that effectively knocked Georgia Southern out of the Sun Belt race. The Trojans can do that again to the Eagles if they win on Saturday. And Chad Lunsford has said all week, we have to be able to handle success. They didn't do that last year. Remember, they beat a ranked Appalachian State team at home, crushed them 34-14 was the final, then proceeded to lose uh, the next two games to ULM and Troy and get bounced out of the, the conference championship race. And Lunsford said this week during his press conference, I feel like we're better handle or we're more able, better able to handle success this year because we went through that last year. This team understands that the focus has to be solely on the the task at hand, what's coming up ahead. There can't be a whole lot of uh, patting yourself on the back for for beating a really good Appalachian State team. So. If Georgia Southern can win at Troy Saturday, they'll continue their run towards uh, what they hope is their first appearance in the Sun Belt title game. Uh, but this is a, a Troy team that, that's pretty good. Senior quarterback Caleb Barker is is back for the Trojans and, and making plays. And Troy's got playmakers all over the field. That 3-5 and five record a little deceiving. This is not a bad Trojan football team. One other game uh, we're going to talk about today, Missouri at Georgia. The Dogs, of course, coming off that big win over Florida Saturday in Jacksonville. Here's a stat that came out this week that um, is just baffling to me, really just incredible to think about. And this one, uh, courtesy of Patrick Garvin, the Georgia Bulldogs are the only team at any NCAA level. I'm talking Division One FBS, Division One FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three. The Dogs are the only team in the NCAA to not have allowed a rushing touchdown this season. That's incredible. That's just an unbelievable stat. Um, and, and kudos to Patrick for, for digging that out. And I think it, it goes to show you how good this Georgia defense has been, especially the last few weeks when all those questions about the offense have, have come up and, and forced Georgia into, or forced Georgia fans at least, into questioning James Coley and, and, and the, what this Georgia team could be. The defense has stood strong, and they have been uh, stout throughout the year, and it is very difficult to run on Georgia. You, you you know, Dan Mullen of Florida said we weren't even going to try and run the ball against them after after the loss Saturday to the Dogs. So if that Georgia defense can continue to put up, they're not going to hold anybody without a rushing touchdown for the entire year probably, but if they can continue to, to put up, uh, you know, games like they have the last few weeks, this Georgia team is going to be right back where they want to be in contention for a college football playoff spot. In terms of Missouri, this is a team that has struggled on the road. Losses at Wyoming, at Kentucky, at Vanderbilt of all places this season. They have not been a good football team on the road. Now they go to Athens to take on number 6 Georgia, possibly without star quarterback Kelly Bryant. Head coach Barry Odom said Tuesday he wasn't sure if, if Bryant was going to be able to play. He said if the game was Tuesday, Bryant wouldn't play. Kelly himself has said he's just not sure if he's going to be able to, to give it a go on Saturday. said he's at about 75%. If they don't have Bryant, it'll be Taylor Powell 
uh, backing up for the Tigers, and, and he was not good Saturday in the loss to Kentucky. Um, without Brian, that's a major blow to their offense against a really good Georgia defense. I think this is a game for Georgia that they need to continue to build on that momentum that they saw Saturday in Florida. I saw or against Florida. I saw a team Saturday in Jacksonville that had all the confidence in the world that they can beat anybody in the country. And if they can continue that, they need if they go out and dominate Missouri in a way I think they might be able to, it's only going to give them a boost going to Auburn Saturday, especially defensively. If Georgia plays another really good defensive game against the Tigers, they're going to go to Jordan-Hare Stadium with a ton of, of confidence and swagger that they'll need against a Gus Malzahn offense that just lives to, to pester and bother and, and beat people um, in games maybe they shouldn't. So I think Saturday against Missouri, another chance for, for the Dogs to continue to build on their momentum and continue to build on their swagger. I think they will. The other games of note this weekend, Georgia Tech visiting Virginia in ACC play. Clemson on the road at NC State. Weird things can happen in Raleigh. This isn't a very good Wolfpack team, and Clemson seems to be hitting their stride, but weird things have happened in Raleigh. We'll just leave it at that. I, I still think Clemson wins, but... Maybe not as big a blowout as everyone expects. The Tigers are really good. The Wolfpack aren't. But who knows? Just strange things have happened in the past in Raleigh. And then one game I've been kind of looking forward to all year, Appalachian State going to South Carolina. Of course, the Mountaineers already knocked off North Carolina this year, looking at to make it the directional sweep of the Carolina schools Saturday in Columbia. I, I know they lost to Georgia Southern, and, and the Eagles played – their best game all year, but this is still a really good Appalachian State team that I don't think it would shock anybody if they knocked off South Carolina Saturday in Columbia. So it's going to be a great week of college football. We appreciate you downloading, listening to the End Zone Podcast. Lindsay will be back with me tomorrow to talk uh, a major high school football weekend with region title games all over southeast georgia the state playoffs getting started in south carolina Lindsay and i will break all of that down on friday's edition of the end zone podcast so be sure to continue to subscribe continue to listen we'll join you tomorrow with more high school football talk for now though thanks for listening enjoy the games on saturday